You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL for Fansided and Pro Football Weekly. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can find all of the podcast content at LockedOnPackers.com. And you can like us on Facebook. You can hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline at 920 341 3775. I told you the other day, we are, at least last week, we were the number one local locked on NFL show. Well, I also just found out we cracked the top 200 on iTunes. In fact, not just the top 200, we are 125 on the iTunes top 200 list right now after being unranked most of the season. You, the listener, are the reason for that. Again, I I just am am overwhelmed at the response that this show has had, especially the last six months of growth. I can't say enough about the support. It It is gratifying, and I love to put together the show every day for you because that's what this is about. It's about experiencing this team together. It is about growing together as a group of people invested in the outcome of these games. That's why you listen, because you're invested. At least that's, I assume, why you listen. Maybe you hate listen. Maybe you're a Bears fan. And you're just like, ugh, these Packers. All they do is win, and I can't I can't deal. I got to figure out how they're doing this, and I have to go back and report to the, to the Bears minions, and we got to figure this out. That's probably not what's going on. But maybe it is. Who knows? We're going to do... A mailbag show today. The Packers practiced yesterday, uh, and a number of players came back from injury. Kevin King back from injury. Aaron Jones is back to getting reps. And so Green Bay is looking like they're going to have their full complement of dudes going into the regular season. Aaron Rodgers not going to play anymore. I don't expect a ton of starters. Usually the third preseason game is the starter game. And it used to be old school you play a half, maybe even three quarters in the third preseason game. Instead, Aaron Rodgers gets one drive. Brett Favre would be like, nah, I'm going back out. Mike Holmgren, Mike Sherman, even Mike McCarthy. All right, hey, Brett, come take a seat next to me. He'd be like, nah, I'm going out. And, and that's not, I mean, look, some people, uh, I have seen it. I've gotten the messages about it. Some people have taken that as an insult against Aaron Rodgers that, oh, he's not out there. He's not playing in the preseason game. He doesn't want to earn it. He doesn't want to play through pain. Stop. That's garbage. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. There's so many other better takes that you could have, more fun things that you could bring up that it's just like, why why waste your time? Speaking of, I told you that I, I got a number of questions about J.K. Scott. And that's true. And I have received even more since I said that, which is incredible to think about. So this is a this is a Packers podcast for the avid listener, for the passionate fan. 
And so I assume you want to talk a little punter. You want to you want to get deep into the special teams takes. So listen, let's go. The question is about J.K. Scott and how his impact on the offense and defense would be if he can consistently flip the field and how it would possibly change uh, the way the season goes as far as – especially the defense. Because um, if you can consistently put them behind the 20 – um, I feel like that kind of alleviates some pressure on the defense and then also changes things for Aaron Rodgers once the opponent has to punt, and hopefully he has better field position as well. Just curious of your thoughts on that. And My name is Mike from Charleston. Thanks. I love the punter talk. I think it's great. And it, it's it's not not important. It, I mean, it is a it, special teams matters. And if you're a really bad special teams unit, it affects all the other facets of your game. And and we've seen that over the course of the last 10 or so years with the Green Bay Packers. They've had seasons where their special teams has been an abomination. And it, it hurts the team. When Mason Crosby was going through his struggles, you felt like you had to go on fourth down, on fourth and anything less than six. And Mike McCarthy didn't. And now they actually, when they have Mason Crosby's kicking well and playing well and playing with confidence, and and Green Bay is is now going for it the way they should be. But there's some irony in that. I love the aggressive approach. And in fact, there have been a couple of studies over the last few years about who the coaches are that are the most aggressive on fourth down calls, most aggressive in the red zone on those kinds of things. And despite the fact that Mike McCarthy has a conservative reputation, he is one of the most aggressive coaches in football about going forward on fourth down in plus territory. And it's because he has Aaron Rodgers. And I, one of the reasons why... So, J.K. Scott was one of the superstars of training camp. And he had Packers media especially. Oh, man. Rob Domofsky loves a stopwatch. I think it's great. I really do. I think it's great. Every punt, he's out there with a stopwatch. Let me let me gauge the hang time. Let me get it. I got this. I'm going to tweet it out. I'm here. And it, it got to the point where other Packers media members are out there and they're testing hang times. I mean, that is where we are. I just think it's hysterical. It's great. I, no, I, I mean, I'm not even taking a shot at those guys. I, I genuinely think it's great. It, it is amusing to me to, to absolutely no end. But here's the thing about the Packers. This offense is going to be really good. How many punts are they even going to have? I mean, is he going to, is he going to get more than like three punts a game? I would love to see him get more kickoff work, save Mason Crosby's leg. But does he need to do a lot of punting? I mean, hopefully not. There have been games over the career of Aaron Rodgers where they haven't punted or they punted once or twice. And what you'd, what you'd like to do is you'd like to have a guy who can flip the field. You go three and out from the 20 or the 25 or the 30 or whatever it is, and you flip the field. What you don't want to have to rely on is a guy who can cough and corner kick. You don't want someone who you have to rely on for those kinds of things because the only reason you need to pooch punt is if you're at the 48 or the the you're on the other side, you're in plus territory, you're at the plus 45. Don't punt. 
unless it's fourth and 20, don't punt. I, I mean, I, I, I wish Mike McCarthy on every fourth down in plus territory and every two-point conversion would go for it. You have Aaron Rodgers. The numbers say you should go for it and you should go for two. So do that. He's not gonna. And that's, I mean, I don't want to say that's fine. The math says it's not fine. I understand it, but he does go for it on fourth down more than most coaches. So having this punter, look, it's great. It's nice to have a weapon. He hasn't kicked well in preseason. I I don't worry about it. I really don't. Because, again, having a good punter is like having a plumber you trust. It only really matters in an emergency. And it only really matters when it goes wrong. If you have a bad punter, that's a problem. If you have a bad plumber, that's a problem. If if everything's just going smoothly, eh, who really cares? Before we move on, I want to talk to you about The Athletic. Last year, we had a number of writers on who wrote for The Athletic. Kevin Fishbane for the Bears. He was someone that came out and, and provided tremendous information about Chicago. Michael Cohen from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel just hired to cover the Packers for The Athletic. Ben Fennell, who has been on this show multiple times, is going to be working at The Athletic. Their model is simple. No ads, no pop-ups, no autoplay video. And how do they do that? Well, they do it with subscribers instead of the free model. And I understand that that is not something that everyone is used to. It's not something that everyone does or is accustomed to. I understand that. The internet changed everything about sports media. But here's the thing. If you want the best coverage, if you want the coverage that goes beyond game recaps and trade speculations to provide smarter analysis, to get a deeper perspective about your team and the league, that is why you pay for the athletic. And subscribers, look, you don't just get the the Packers coverage. You have access to the local content. The Badger content, the Brewers content, and the national content. There is 650 to 700 news stories published every week across all sports on The Athletic. You subscribe and you're going to be a part of everything that is the future of journalism. And the Locked On Packers podcast partnered specifically with The Athletic to get you 40% off your first year subscription. That's $2.99 a month, $3 a month. You spend more to get coffee tomorrow than you could spend for a month of content at The Athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash lockedonpackers to get that 40% discount. Remember, theathletic.com slash lockedonpackers to get 40% off. You listen to the Locked On Packers podcast because we are local, we are daily, and we give you your sports content. That is what The Athletic is built on. Support quality content by subscribing to The Athletic and use our promo code. I'm going to give you 40% off that first full year subscription. Go to theathletic.com slash Packers to get the promotional rate. The next question comes from Stephen from Maine. And he says, I'm trying to transition from a casual fan of the game to someone who actually understands the off-field side of it. So my question is, what or who did we get with the money we saved by not re-signing Jordy? 
This is a particularly apropos question this week because the Packers play the Raiders where Jordy Nelson signed. So this is the Jordy Nelson Bowl. It's preseason, so not really. But this is the, obviously the first time that the Packers are going to play the Raiders since Jordy Nelson signed with Oakland. The Packers saved about $10 million by cutting Jordy. They used that money to sign Jimmy Graham. And longtime listeners of the show, and I know that's not everyone. I know that, that a lot of you have started listening in the last couple months. Appreciate that. That's great. Really glad to have all of you. But this is a point that I that I've made on the show, and I made on the show at the time, and that is the 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 relationship between Jordy being cut and Jimmy Graham being signed is more one to one than a lot of fans would like to admit, because Jordy Nelson, even though he can still run in a straight line and still has speed was very much lacking the lateral quickness of what you want from a starting receiver in the National Football League at this point. But the reason he was so effective was because he had this sort of preternatural connection to Aaron Rodgers. And on third down and in the red zone, Rodgers knew where Jordy was going to be. And Nelson knew where Rodgers wanted to throw the ball before Rodgers even knew it, it seemed. Well... Jimmy Graham is a red zone marvel. He's a middle-of-the-field monster and the kind of player that Rodgers is going to look for on third downs and in the red zone. There is going to be a replication of skill set in what, in my opinion, will almost be a one-for-one. They averaged the same yards per catch last season. Now, a lot of that was with Brett Hulney for Jordy Nelson, but that is an indictment of Jordy as a player. If he's only good when Rodgers is the quarterback, how good is he really? I think Jimmy Graham has a chance to be better per catch, total yards, and touchdowns in Green Bay than Jordy Nelson is as the number two receiver, potentially, in Oakland. And John Gruden, over the last few weeks, has said one of the reasons he brought in Nelson was to be a mentor to Amari Cooper because he didn't have those kind of mentors before. An indictment of Michael Crabtree, for example. Mike Pettin, by way of example, said he brought in Tremont Williams first and foremost because he could play, not just to be another coach on the field. And Tremont Williams proved it last week. The coaches have been impressed with Jordy Nelson on the field, but I think it is telling that it was the culture side and the practice side and the leadership side that Gruden really paid homage to because, let's be honest, Nelson is not the same player he used to be. And so if you're talking about, okay, what did they what did they get? And I understand this question. What did they get? Well, they got a really good tight end, one of the best in the league potentially, a red zone monster, and someone who could own the middle of the field. I think at this point, based on what we've seen so far, it's hard for me to think that Jimmy Graham right now, is not going to be better than Jordy Nelson. He's younger. He has so much to offer. That size, that frame in the red zone has a chance to be even better than Jordy Nelson was, which is hard to, it's hard to even say because you go back and you look at the guys who lead the league in touchdowns over the last few years. I mean, two of them currently play for the Packers and one of them used to. That's Jordy. 
And part of that is just Aaron Rodgers just throws a lot of touchdown passes. But we saw it in the preseason game. A beautiful route by Jimmy Graham, a second reaction throw by Aaron Rodgers, finds Graham, knows where he's going to be, the ball is high, Graham goes and makes a play. That is going to be what I think the Packer fans should expect to see from this offense and from Jimmy Graham. And and the question is, what did the Packers get for Jordy Nelson? They got a matchup nightmare. Someone who defenses are going to have to figure out how to defend, and, and most teams are not going to have an answer. This offense has been dynamic over the Mike McCarthy tenure when they have had a healthy move tight end who can be a matchup problem. That is what Jimmy Graham is. This offense, as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy and Jimmy Graham is healthy, this offense is going to be really, really good. All right, a couple more questions here before we have to go. Alan from Greensboro, North Carolina asks, why hasn't anyone been talking about the, the potential of Joe Buonio or Akeem Judd? Buonio looked pretty great against the Titans and Akeem showed some promise as well. Thanks. So Akeem Judd retired. So he is no longer on the team and the Packers did sign another running back to take his place on the roster. The reason no one's talking about it is because I don't think it matters. I don't think Buonio has shown enough to try and make this roster or, or even sneak onto it the way that that maybe John Crockett did a couple years ago. Or, you know, if you go really far back, someone like Sam Congato made a push to make the team. I, I, I just, I don't see the talent there. Devontae Mays, I think, is the forgotten man. The Packers used the draft pick to get Mays. And he is extremely physically gifted and talented. Did not have a good start to his NFL career. First carry fumbled. Not... Not great is an understatement. The Packers are going to need, in all likelihood, a third running back to open the season, but it may not be one of these pure running backs. They may decide Jamal Williams, Ty Montgomery, that's enough. Maybe they keep an extra fullback or maybe they keep an extra receiver. I think the more likely case is they keep Devontae Mays and then he gets the practice squad axe moving forward. Look, you know, Buonio is fine. I don't think he showed enough to try and push his way onto this roster. But I, I think it's likely that that one of these backup running backs is going to make it onto the practice squad because Aaron Jones has had injury issues. Jamal Williams just had injury issues. And Ty Montgomery has had issue, injury issues. So they need to get that sorted out. Let's end on this. And I, uh, I appreciate this. This is a personal question. From Tom in Oak Creek. He said, what is your preferred method of watching games at home with friends at a local brew house? What's your setup like? Love the show. By far the best Packers podcast out there. Your passion shines through and your enthusiasm keeps locked on Packers at the front of my queue, but not for long. This is the closest I'm going to come to retweeting a compliment. <laughs> I, I think it's only fair that, that he get his whole question out there, but... You know, I'm not I'm not super comfortable with sharing compliments from other people. I though I very much appreciate them to be sure. Tom, thank you so much for listening. I, I love your enthusiasm. My enthusiasm is the same as yours in terms of you know, I do it because I love to do it. So last year, for example, I there are, so I live in New York City. For those of you that don't know, I'm from I'm from Milwaukee. I grew up in Milwaukee, born and raised in Wisconsin. My entire life, same house. My entire life, 
but I live in New York City now as a as a media person, and so I don't get every Packers game. And uh, for a while, there was only bars that I could go to. And so we did Kettle of Fish. If you've ever been to New York City for a Sunday during the NFL season and you haven't been to Kettle of Fish, you have to go. It is the best place to watch a football game that isn't Lambeau Field, at least a Packers game. Now, the problem with that is it is the kind of place that for a 1 o'clock game, you have to be there by 10 or 10.30 if you want a seat because people will literally line up to get in. They don't even open the doors until noon because you can't serve beer until noon. My my wife and I will bring bagels, we'll bring maybe some vodka and some tomato juice and make Bloody Marys. You know, who knows? It depends on how frisky we're feeling. That is a great experience to have. Last year, uh, you know, we, we didn't want to deal with the crowds and the lines, so we went to another bar, Tom and Jerry's in Soho. It is full of really what seems like Wisconsin expats. And some of the uh, the Acme Packing Company guys are there, and we have a great time. In the second half of last season, I, w- I was writing more for Acme Packing Company, writing more of the gamers, and I wanted to be at my place. I wanted to be at our apartment, and so I got DirecTV, the digital subscription, which I highly recommend, by the way. Anyway, I know there's a lot of listeners who do not get the the, the local games. Our last Our last question came from someone in Greensboro. Question before that came from Maine. You guys don't get the Packers games. I really am a fan of the Sunday ticket digital package. I think it's great. It is a great deal. You can use it on your Apple TV. We cut the cord a long time ago. So that is what we use. I swear by it. I think it's great. And I I would recommend they're not a sponsor of the show. Uh, Listen, you want to call me? Hit me up. Would love would love to have you sponsor the show. I know that DirecTV sponsors some other shows. Let's talk. <laughs> All right, keep the questions coming. There were so many more. I, I, I'm not going to be able to catch up probably before the regular season starts, but keep sending them in. Uh, they're they're great to see. I, I would like to be able to respond to more to them, more of them. I'm going to try and start responding. If I can't get you on the air, I'm going to try and respond just so that. You feel seen and heard. Remember the number 920-341-3775. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. There's the the show Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can like us and leave a review on iTunes. That would be tremendous if you could do that. Spread the word about the show that you like. We have seen such incredible growth. I am I marvel at the, the growth of this show over the last just just month even. Packer fans are engaged. They're excited about this season. I wrote about that for Acme Packing Company today. Why it is exciting to be a Packer fan in 2018. There are so many opportunities for Green Bay to right previous wrongs, to be redemptive in a season that requires it because fans are getting restless. I know that from the messages that I get from the fans that I talk to, from the friends and family that I have that are that are Packer fans, they are restless. They want to get Aaron Rodgers another title, and I totally understand that. This could be the season. I think there's a good chance this is the season. Now, does that mean there's a better than 50% chance? No, there never is. But is there a good is there a good chance this season? Yes, I think 
So remember, Acme Packing Company, as I said, a ton of great content there. I'm always, always writing, it seems, for them three, four, five times a week as necessary for them. So keep an eye out for all of that. Great content at Fansided, at Pro Football Weekly. I've got NFL content at Ozzy, at, at Dime Magazine, Uprock Sports. I am all over the place. So keep an eye out for all of that to get you locked and loaded for the Packers regular season, which is coming here very, very shortly. It is going to be here before you know it, so you need to be up to date on everything with the Green Bay Packers, which means you need to stay locked on Packers.